Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right. Well, you know what that means. You are listening to The Mystery of Parenthood. And um, we look forward to this one. I'm, we're going to get started with our prayer, as we always do. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation, a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, Grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, it's me and Thaddeus in the house today um trey cash good to be with you man. good to be with you it is hot it's, mo- it is, it's like move-in time you know move it's moving time, time. i saw kids. the kid for my kids for our kids it's it's crazy the next Mo- uh, moving out and moving in yeah old billy joel song right <laughs> i guess i guess so <laughs> or something like that yeah. moving out they're uh yeah keep us in your prayers Anthony's it's gonna song. be That's a great song it's gonna be it's gonna be uh it's going to be uh, an interesting next few weeks, and then next year, um, as they all, as all the triplets are moving out, um, which means that everybody's gone. The older two are are on their own, and and um, mm-hmm. Grayson's already kind of moved over to Austin, and then we got to move Kennedy over there. You know, basically a little bit less than two weeks. Kingsley moves in. They're working on her apartment right now, but um, she moves in ne- a week from today. Or mm-hmm. and then uh, and then Colby moves in the fourth of September, and then after that, it's going to be. Now, have you nest. have you posed the question to to Colby? Has he decided is he going to be a football playing thespian, or is he going to be a play acting football player? Which which way? Is I he think gonna... he's probably going to do the football. A football playing thespian. Thespian, yeah. So the thespian is so. going to be a little bit, a little bit stronger in in his blood than maybe the football playing. I don't know. You don't I know. mean, I don't know. I think he likes both of them. I, I mean, it's going to be interesting. The they've, you know, they've postponed over there football to the fall to the spring. So they oh really? They didn't cancel it, but they moved it to the spring. It's going to be a spring sport. For this, for this year, for that conference, wow! For that, for that conference, they, they, and it may just be the Texas teams because they're 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 saying they're they're scheduling a five game conference deal, and he, and it, he uses no eligibility on it. They're they're not going to take away eligibility for him or anybody for that matter because it's going to be a half a season effectively in the spring. So, God willing, um, so th- there's. You know, there's that. He, um, they're, they're, I think they're going to do some outdoor theater. So there might be some theater. You know, they're, I think they've got a place that's outside that they think that they probably could. Oh, going they, ancient they may, Greek style. Yeah, they may not be doing, uh, Romeo and Juliet or any, any sort of kissing things, but, <laughs> but, but they'll be, but it sounds like they may be doing some. So anyway, I don't know. It's going to be, like I said, they moved him back three weeks. He was supposed to move. Romeo, in. Romeo, <laughs> where far art thou? I'm over Romeo. here. I'm way over here <laughs> yeah. on the other side of the stage. Can I blow you a kiss? No. <laughs> but uh, COVID style, Romeo and Juliet, COVID style. Oh um, man, maybe we can edit that out. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, now it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. You know, it's funny we're Stephanie and I were it just happened this way. We were planning on going to the LSU Texas game, which was September 11th or that weekend, 12th or whatever. Um, we had already made plans. There had been a Airbnb in Baton Rouge that had been, and it was all my, our our closest friends. Um, one that's all LSU, two that are split LSU Texas, and uh, and we've all right, been right. good friends together. So it, it just happens that they said, "Well, hey, the, our friends in Mississippi bought a bought a new house, and and think we're going to probably try to go over there um, for a little retreat." But was just telling Stephanie, you realize that is the the very first empty nest weekend for the cash-ins and the other ones have been empty nesters for wow for a while so wow. it'll be the the three empty nest couples gonna start to, off with a bang yeah so I, gonna I get crazy. don't go over to mississippi folks it's gonna be crazy <laughs> over there that weekend yeah i don't think so it'll be it'll be fun gonna but, get loose but uh but anyway so it, it's gonna be a different and and because there won't be as many activities. I imagine there's not going to be like these huge parent weekends, which is typically what happens. Um, there may or may not be football games, and either if there is, the likelihood of somebody like me being able to get into the game is so. I mean, things that we would like normally do that would kind of bring us to see them are are not probably going to be there. So yeah. it's going to be a strange fall. I, I mean, in every way shape and form i think so not what we'd expected for for a freshman year for for the kids but anyway such is life god's got a plan and we're just uh along for the ride yeah i mean that yeah. uh that kind of brings us to the subject of the day which is you wanted to talk about yeah. chapter 14 from matthew and there's that famous uh line from the the disciples in the boat when they say uh lord we're perishing here <laughs> right. I mean, you can kind of I, yeah identify with that in in some way, right? I'm thinking yeah. of the correct. I, I don't know, of, but I, I think that's actually maybe another time he's in a in a boat with them. Well, that was the, that was the calming of the the, the storm calming of the sea. storm. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, so it's funny. So this is something I've talked about the kids, and this is a little bit of an aside. Last week, I, I believe it was one of the daily readings. I had no idea that. Um, I really had no idea that it was the reading for this past Sunday, which I think this is going to air tomorrow. So to, th this is accurate. Yeah. That August this reading night, was. So August last night. week, last week I did, I, you know, I read it and I kind of was thinking, well, that kind of speaks to me. Um, and then, and then I've had a few things that have kind of come back to me, um, and I've been talking to the kids about how do you discern what God, how do you hear God speak? I mean, I've heard what I believe to be him speak a few times, kind of an interlocution, but most of the time, and we need to teach our kids this, the way he speaks is through kind of these little <laughs> hints through, you know, a Bible verse that you're studying, something that a priest says, maybe a friend says, maybe a situation, and they kind of all say are saying the same thing. As long as it's pointing in the direction of leading you closer to Christ, you can be relatively sure that these probably somebody's trying to move you towards, hey, think about this right now. Right. Um, so this one came along, and, and what we're talking about, I'll, I'll just read it. Let me just go ahead and read it. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's very short. Um, I'll read it. And then we can uh, we can talk about it from there, and I'll I'll kind of tip on what it what it meant to me. Interestingly enough, and when you talk to your kids about it, what um, one of my children had another take on it, which shows you how God can use different scripture and what people are hearing to to actually bring about elicit different like okay, this is what you need to work on or focus on or whatever. But anyway, this is Matthew fourteen. 22 and following. Um, one of my favorites, honestly. So he's just is felt really, he's just he's just fed the he's just fed the three uh, the five thousand, mm -hmm. and he sent them off and he said, "I'm going to go up to pray." And so he this is then Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him onto the other side 
while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was many furlongs distant from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately he spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, have no fear. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked in the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I think there's so much there. When I read that, when I read when I read that reading, what I was what I was thinking about was the fact that um, how much fear exists, and he addresses that you know at least twice. He says, "Don't be afraid." Throughout throughout the scriptures, "Don't be afraid" is something that Jesus says frequently. But anyway, I had no idea that that it was happening. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of what was going on with me. So I, so I read this last week, at least the first part, then I knew that the next part was Peter. Peter's my confirmation saint. So it's always one of my favorite things. I think Peter gets a bad rap lots of times because unlike most uh, of the disciples, I mean, at least he had enough faith. Um, He didn't even, he didn't even, he walked, scripture says he walked on water. I mean, yeah. a, a human being walked on water. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, it doesn't matter what it is. If Jesus called me out, you know, I don't know how many times I would say, are you sure? <laughs> I mean, like, you know. That's pretty deep water. I've been, I don't know. I've been fishing most of my life. And, you know, I've always sunk when I've jumped, when I've hopped out of a boat and there wasn't land beneath the water. And so. Yeah, I read somewhere years ago that, you know, Ancient people, even if they were fishermen and worked to the sea, that didn't necessarily mean you knew how to swim. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. Or you didn't know how to swim, you know, terribly well. Wow. Well, that would even make it. It wasn't, it wasn't a refined, you know, practice. And, and maybe like the way he said it, he, he does scream out, Say, save me. Yeah. Um, so maybe he is thinking about to drown at that point. But, but the fact that he has the boldness, which he's known for being bold, to say, if it's you, then call me out on the water. And Jesus just says, come. And so he just hops out of the boat and starts walking on water. It doesn't say he sunk. It mm-hmm. says he walked on water. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought there was a lot, a lot there. But, but Can I say something, I had yeah, something else ahead. real cool? Uh, I also came across something, too, where, you know, he, Christ calls him, oh, you of little faith. He doesn't say, oh, you of no faith at all. Wow. And Peter, it does say, "Lord, save me." So he I mean he does have enough faith to believe Absolutely. that that Christ can save him in that moment. Right. That, we sometimes gloss over that. Right. He, so he had the, that, and the faith of a mustard seed. Jesus says, "You know, you can move yeah. this mountain from here to there if it was just a small amount of faith, little faith." Mm-hmm. Um, he he didn't say, "Where is your faith?" Which he does at other times. Yeah. When they're freaking out as he's asleep in the boat. The, the one you mentioned, you right. know, how you don't care about us, or are we perishing? So I, both of those accounts, I think, were meant something to me from the standpoint of like, okay, how do we talk to our kids and take Scripture and put them in there? I think this is one that you can kind of put yourself in, or at least it's, for me it's been a fun one to put myself in. I mean, how, what would I, how would I have responded? So in, it, it specifically, how does that speak to me? And I wanted to share that with with my kids. But then also, how does it speak to today? Because inspired scripture has something to say to us about today. And 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 Absolutely. we have we have to learn ourselves to to look at a scene, an event, a teachable moment. As Father Brian talks about that, you know, Jesus taught sometimes 
explicitly taught, sometimes in parables, and sometimes through circumstances he taught and that he said that this is a this was a classroom moment for him, you know, that he was, he knew the storm was going to come. He knew that this was going to happen. He doesn't give them any forewarning. He just says, go, they've just spent all day feeding 5,000. And he says, y'all go ahead and get in the boat, presumably maybe go to the other side so that you can rest. And, and I'll meet with you later. Um, I think that for me, that was like, well, you do all this work, you go out there and you think, okay, now it's over. We're going to be doing what Jesus wants us to do. We're doing exactly what he told us to do, get in the boat and cross to the other side. And all of a sudden, where's Jesus? <laughs> and there's all these storms. And it's like, what? Are, I mean, we're about to sink here. They're scared because of the things, and they're doing exactly what Jesus wanted you to do. So I, for me, I was talking to the kids and uh, and to myself it kind of points to the fact that even when we're doing exactly what Jesus wants us to do, even we're dead on in his will, it does not mean that there's not going to be circumstances that come our way that may frighten us or may cause us more trouble than we would like. And we might wonder, <laughs> what's what's up? I mean, why, why is this happening? Um, Father Brian yesterday in talking about it talks about, well, God loves us too much to leave us where we are. So sometimes he allows those things to teach us something, to strengthen our faith, to point us towards a reality that we need to know. Well, for me, one of those realities is exactly this. We don't necessarily have to judge whether we're in God's will or not by the circumstances. If we're perfectly in his will, there may be some peaceful times, but it does not guarantee that there wouldn't be struggles. And so in this time of great struggle as a Christian, as a Catholic, as an American, as a human being in the face of, of a virus that's causing a great deal of fear, we're in the middle of it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we're not in God's will. In fact, at least from the standpoint of it's probably something that he's asking to draw us out of. The other thing that I thought was pretty interesting on this is that he, when Jesus shows up, and I think this is sometimes a mistake, when Jesus shows up, he appears to them and they, and they think he's a ghost and they become even more afraid, not just of the water, but now there's a ghost out here that's trying to cause it. And so even when he makes himself present, Sometimes we can misread that as something bad when, in fact, he's right there in the middle of it with, with us and that we miss him again in that, in that sense. And I think he does not stop. the. It's not like he shows up and, hey, let's stop everything. I mean, which he could have done. The waves are still blowing, the, the boat's still being tossed about. But he's kind enough to say, as they're screaming in fear, hey, it's me. Take courage. Don't, you know, it's me. And then you get to, am I bold enough? Okay, hear that it's him. We're still in this. You don't hear anything else other than Peter. You know, there could have been people going or it could have been recounted. Like, Why don't you stop this? You know, we're, I mean, there's lots of things that could have come out. But Peter says, okay, if it's you, then Call me out onto the water. How bold is that? I mean, that's incredibly bold. And so it made me think about the fact that grace, the definition of grace, is it's a gift from God that's, that allows us to do something. It elevates our nature. It makes us capable of doing things that we're incapable of doing. And certainly we're incapable of walking on water. But it doesn't say, it wasn't just that he stepped out. It was that he stepped out and it literally says, and walked on the water. Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. So he's on his way over there walking. And then like most of us, I think what happens, we can have those moments where we're like, totally like, I'm looking at you <laughs> and everything's fine. But then life starts to happen. All the things, 
you start realizing, you start thinking, number one, it's you doing it. I, I, I was, you know, I jokingly say, okay, you're walking on water. What do the waves have to do with anything? What does the wind have to do with anything? I mean, you should be afraid about the fact that you're literally walking on water. You should be amazed at that. But then you start focusing on your surroundings and take your eyes off of Jesus. And that's kind of that whole thing was what on last week, whenever that came up, I was I was t- telling the kids, I said, you know, in all this madness, what I'm hearing God say is I, I need to keep my eyes on him, not on the circumstances. I need to do what I've got to do. Got to, Peter's got to take the next step towards Jesus on the water. They got to do. They've got to do what they're doing. They got to still stay in the boat. They're not whatever they're doing. They're they got to continue doing and working what we can, but small steps. But I got to keep my eyes on Jesus. So that was kind of what I wrote notes on on that day. I'm like, okay, Lord, I, you, you're telling me to keep your eyes on Jesus. So Sunday wakes. I wake up, and I don't know if you. This is one of the reasons I like having like Christian Christian songs going on it, it normally because what I've found is and I don't know if there's anybody else out there I have found that lots of times I'll wake up in the morning with a song in my head that I haven't heard forever and I've learned I've learned lots of times I don't even remember it's a tune and I don't really remember what the words are so I'm trying to remember the words and then the great thing about Google Maybe the only great thing about Google is I can put in what words I know and inevitably, oh, there it pops up. And so I'll look at the words that are those words. Well, I, in my mind, it was, it was the, the name of the song was keep my eyes. I'm going to keep my eyes on you is the, it was what I thought it was. That's not the name of the song. Um, Fix. I've got my eyes set on. Was that the song you were thinking? No, of? it was um, George George Harrison. No. no, no, no. This was actually a Christian song okay. Okay. Uh, by for King and Country. And so Saturday morning, I get up and I and I, I mean Sunday morning, I get up and that song's in my head. Then I go find the I find the lyrics and the lyrics are. You know, fix your eyes on me, you know, that you you have to be a soldier. It's, there's all these lines that I'm like, oh, that, that all is calling me to do that. Well, I hadn't even realized that the Sunday reading. So I get up and I go from that after finding like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm getting, keep my eyes on you, keep my eyes on you. And then I pick up the reading before before mass and I, and I read through the readings for Sunday mass. And there it is again. Wow. And... And to to top that all off, the first reading, of course, is is God is God in the Old Testament, and He's not in the earthquake, He's not in the fire, right. He's right. not in the wind, right? He's in the still small voice, in the whisper. Right. And I'm like, okay, like right between the eyes, I understand now that I've not had a interlocution that says this, but whatever I'm supposed to be doing right now, I need to keep my eyes on Him. Because everything that is popping up is pointing me in that direction. Well, so I shared that with the kids. I just said, hey, sometimes God has to like whack you upside the head when you get like multiple messages that are all saying the same thing. One of a couple things. One is you need to do it. The other thing you could take it as maybe I'm not doing it enough. And sharing that with your kids, which I think for, for parents, that's something – if you have a prayer life and you're going through something as appropriate, I think it's very important that we share that. Part of being a Christian is share is to share God's grace working your life. I mean, you're the, like how you know you're not so that they can so that when it happens to them that that they can recognize His voice, His call in the moment. Because I think. Like we were, we were talking on the way back, and and I said, so Kingsley, what did you think about the readings? She said, well, that was great. Well, what I'm getting from multiple people and from this homily and from this reading is, I need to be comfortable being out of control. <laughs> I need to be comfortable being in a boat, Whoa. you know, and 
so it's a completely different angle, but when we talk, those are the kind of conversations I think we need to have with our kids at various stages. It's like, so what did you hear? What What is speaking to you out of the scripture reading? What is speaking to you from your, from the homily you just heard? What, what is speaking to you given the circumstances that you're finding yourself in now so that you can kind of, I mean, you don't, you're not having to say, well, that's right or that's wrong or you're misunderstanding. I mean, obviously, one of the things they need to know, which is always, is is what I'm being told something that is actually pointing towards the the known will for me that I know <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I know that that it's that that's probably God's voice or my guardian angel or Mother Mary or whomever saying, Trey, you know, now you need to keep your eyes on me. She's hearing. You've got to control you got to be comfortable being not in control of everything. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some really good conversations that occur. And if you don't have those moments and you don't communicate them and you don't allow your children to communicate what's going on with them, then you can't help redirect and, and help them hear. Because I think a lot of times I think God is speaking to us, not in a booming voice or coming down out of a cloud or, some St. Paul moment, you know, on the road to Damascus, which he can do. But more often than not, it's more subtle than that. It's that still small voice. It's that just a thing or two, maybe a word or two that keep resonating. They, they, they touch you when you think about it. You can, you can feel it. They, they, they have something to do with the circumstances in which you find yourself they're tied to some scripture. They're tied to good, solid spirituality, and and it's just that call in that moment. Yeah, talk a little bit about um, when do you when do you have those conversations with your with your children? I mean, this so, particular one, you were so, maybe review. Did you say, hey, everyone, come sit down in the living room? Or no, was you it know at what? The this is what happens. Table. This is what happens. So this is what this is kind of the way I do it now. And, and it's one of the positives of, of the phone. My, all the kids aren't home. Right. So I, when I have a, when I have a, an aha moment or like, wow, okay, this is. It's like a cashism moment almost. Well, maybe. I don't know. Confusicism or whatever. <laughs> Confucius? Uh, what? Conf Confusion-ism. Uh, when, when I have a moment of maybe clarity or something. And again, this is something that I think as a parent you have to be okay with doing is showing, number one, that you're in a struggle, you're in conversation with this God who you say exists, that you're trying to listen, and that sometimes things happen and explain how, it, how you're coming to that conclusion. So this happens relatively frequently. I mean, it probably happens like once a month. It, what, what happens is... I get moved and it becomes, there's some clarity given to, okay, now I understand what you're telling me to do. <laughs> and when that happens, I, so I, let me, f if I can find the text, this is exactly um, what I did. I, I so I, I have that song in Folks, my head. He's literally reenacting what he did with his phone. Well, right no, so, so I get, so I get. So here it is. Um, I wake up in the morning. That song is in my head. I plug. I plug in the few words that I can remember. I actually have the wrong words, but as I search down, I'm like, okay, that's the song. I go and find it. I pull up the lyrics, and I listen to the song. I'm like, okay. Then I go in. I go in. It's Sunday morning. Everybody's still asleep. I get pull out my Bible and I just start reading the readings for Sunday Mass, and the still small voice kind of points at like, oh, okay, I'm getting the still small voice. It's not in all this madness that's going on. It's in very quiet, and then I get the reading, which is the reading we just read now, as being the reading for the day, which I had thought about almost a week prior. And so what I did was 
from YouTube. I I forwarded the song to all to my wife and kids, and then I said I woke up with this song in my head. Maybe the Holy Spirit is trying to remind me of something. Last week I was thinking about Peter walking on water and sinking because he took his eyes off of Jesus. Maybe I need to listen. Dash keep fix my eyes on Jesus. Thought I'd share. Love you all. And then, and then you can tell. Then and I go, wow. The story is the gospel of today is a separate text. One of my favorites, since Peter's my confirmation saint, that still small small voice is maybe amplifying a little. I may be hard of hearing. I will fix my eyes on Jesus. I love you again. Takes all of two minutes, but it's just sharing what I'm going on so that they can see what's happening with me. Well, I got to be transparent. It's not like I'm so as a parent, I think you got to be willing to kind of share your heart. Maybe I'm confused. Maybe I don't understand what's going on. This is how I hear God speaking to me and share it with them so that they can kind of see and have them be fine with asking you a question so that they can be comfortable. Like my daughter was later was saying, Hey, this is where I'm getting hit in the head by what I need to come to grips with. And I think that's how you share. How do you listen to God? How many people say, how do you know what God's will is? How do you know what he wants? How do you know? Well, some of it's as simple as I'm a married man. I know he wants me to serve my wife. I know he wants me to take care of my kids. There's factual things, but how, what's he saying to me now? How do I hear his voice? Does he speak? Well, I, you know, I've told them and I've had moments when I've heard that voice, but in my 54 years, it's probably been three times. So the vast majority is not, it's coming from a friend coupled with a priest coupled with a scripture reading that's saying, okay, (laughs) this is where I belong. You know, the trust God, do good and he will act story that that I've told us any times and we have, and we have these bracelets that remind us that's when I didn't necessarily hear those, but I got those from reading scripture from the situation that I was in from circumstances that came my way. You just have to like teach them and teach yourself to have your antennas up, like expecting that he wants to say something to you and that he does not always boom in your head that's why you have to take time to pull away you have to take time to what's going on in my head I mean even teaching your kids to think okay what songs are going on in my head a kid will say I can't get this song in my head well what's the song that's probably not a good song for you to have in your head or what could that mean or whatever because especially if I wake up with a song in my head that I haven't heard in months, I don't know why it's there. Well, my assumption is, particularly if it's a song that I know is related to Jesus, that I, the Holy Spirit or my guardian angel or God himself can be saying, hey, stupid, <laughs> you know, hey, listen to, to what he's saying. But you have to model that. You have to be transparent enough to say, I think this is what he's saying. This is why these are the events. This is it's resonating with me and my heart. It gives me some sort of peace when I'm reminded of that. So I think that's like I said. Yeah, I think what you what you did there that's really good is you're you're showing how your relationship, your prayer relationship with our Lord, is a a live proposition, and you're letting the your children see the you know, incomplete nature of some of your conclusions. You're letting them see how you, you know, put your your human reason together with not inspiration exactly, because I'm not, not using inspiration right, in the no. technical sense, but you're using the, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit that have been infused into you through confirmation right. to help you, you know, discern in, in, a, in a way what, then, then the next step that God is trying to 
have you take? Right, and I ended with, I don't really know why he's saying this. I mean, I'm presuming. I, I know that I can totally buy this as, as from a guardian angel or whomever because anything he's telling me, keep your eyes on me. I know there's on on Jesus. There's there's nothing wrong with that. There there could never be anything wrong with that. So I know that that's okay. Um, but I'm like I don't know why he's telling me this. I just need to step forward in that and say, okay, I'm going to do that. What do you want me to do? I don't make any presumptions as to what that means or why he's saying that now. Other than maybe saying, maybe I haven't been keeping my eyes on you. I've been keeping my eyes on my work or on the stuff that's making me on the waves and the wind and everything that's going wrong and the fact that I'm stuck out in the middle of the ocean or whatever, you know, figurative language. But I think it's so important for parents to, number one, develop that that relationship with, with the Lord, with God, and know that he's trying to speak to you. He wants to say something to you. It comes not in like paragraphs. It doesn't even necessarily come in sentences. It often comes in just short bursts, you know, of yeah. ideas. And something else that's taken me a long time to, to understand is that sometimes he speaks to you. We're using that, you know, yeah, better. Sure. You're right. Figuratively or meta- not metaphorically, but we're not using it literally. Not literally. Literal He's voice. not saying it's but not his voice. We know what we what we mean when we say speaks. Anyway, that he speaks to you something that may not necessarily be something um, that you're supposed to remember for all time forward for the right. rest of your life. Exactly. But it's it's just to get you from moment A to moment B. And that coming to that realization, that's a very humbling thing to realize that to realize that <laughs> you need to be spoken to in that episodic of a manner and that right. sort of simple of a way because you can't take in that much more. Well, you know? that's and that's being that's being childlike before absolutely the glory of of God, the majesty of God, because a lot of times that's how we have to speak to our, our little ones is I can only give you this little chunk of information because if I try to give you too much more, you're going to get, you're going to forget half of it, you're going to get confused, whatever, whatever. That's why, so like one of my favorite stories, St. Francis, rebuild my church. Yeah. So here's, here's another thing that I think is very important. So if you hear that, first off, you know, you should have Try to have some spiritual direction, somebody you talk to. There are certain things you can be certain of, you know, but I've had people say, well, Jesus, you know, told me to leave my wife. No, he didn't. I mean, he would never say that. that. Sorry. So there, you have to judge it by, is it consistent with what we already know to be the truth? So if it's, if that's the case, what it means may be something different but here's the deal. Kind of like a good tree is judged by its fruits. Exactly. Idea. Right. I mean, so so don't take and don't be, I mean, I, I highly discourage and I don't throw around that God speaks to me like, you know, I'm supposed to go, he can, he could, we should be expectant that he's trying. We should have a heart that's like, I know you want to speak to me in some way. You, I know you want to direct my life. That should be the way I want to be receptive. That should be an everyday, every moment type of attitude. But you don't have, but, but, but at the same time, you can't take everything because sometimes what you're hearing is your own (laughs) thoughts because it's what you want, what you want to say and you attribute it to God. And there's too many people, I've probably been one of the, one of them that will attribute to God something that really, that's why you need to kind of bounce it off of other people. But you can be okay with certain things. If God's telling That's why you have to test it against church teaching, uh, test exact, it against scripture. Exactly. Test it against what your, what your obligations right. are, yep. you, know, yep. you know, because God's always going to work within the confines of what you committed because he's always faithful. Right. So, you know, he's going to call you to be faithful to what you're that's committed right. to. That's right. But here's another thing, and this is what I think. This is so 
if you hear that voice and, and you've done all that checking and it's okay, that's it. So you may not know, and frequently you don't know what that is, why that's, that is. But I'm going to be faithful to that thing and trust that God's going to lead me to the next step. So I'm going to take the step. So I said, I'm going to, I'm going to try to make sure I look at a crucifix or whatever. Keep my eyes. How do I keep my eyes on him? I'm going to consciously try to do more of that in a literal sense. What I love about St. Francis is he hears rebuild my church. Well, he's standing in front of the San Damiano that's all broken down. How does God honors the fact that he says, okay, you want me to do that? And so he goes about rebuilding this church that's right in front of him. So we need to take a step in the direction of honoring, of doing what we, of doing the good that he's calling us to do, knowing that it's possible that that's not actually the good he's asking you to do. But if you take a step in that direction, he will honor that and redirect you or point you to another picture or whatever. It's that step that says, you're God, I'm not, I'm listening to you, and I'm going to take the next step. I'm going to do the good that you asked me to do. And it may not even be the good that you want me to do, but I'm doing it because of this. And you can redirect me just like he did with St. Francis. Right. A little sidebar. It's also a nice little story to illustrate the principle of when you're reading scripture, you always start with the literal meaning of the of the text. That's right. where you always start your attempt to you know right. interpret Exa- it for yourself. Exactly. So that's uh, what that's what Saint Francis was doing. Right, and so I think it's a I think it's great. So you you need to cultivate an expectation that God that you're He loves you enough to have a call for your life, and are you spending some time to try to listen? And now listening can be, I need to, should be, I'm going to set aside time to be in quiet, in silence, and I'm going to read at least the gospel and say before God, I know you're watching me. I know that you're seeing me pray. I want to hear your voice. I want to know what you have to say to me. Please do that. Well, you may or may not hear anything in that moment, but as you read it, notice things that jump out at you. It's the Lexio Divina idea that there's something in there. And then at the end, thank you, Lord. I'm not sure what I got from this, but I expect to hear something from you. And then keep your eyes open with an expectancy mm-hmm. that he'll honor. Mm-hmm. And it may come from multiple things, but keep your antennas up. So if you start hearing similar ideas that are pointing you in the direction of him and a deepening in the call, then you live a life that's not as mundane because you're expecting some direction. (laughs) You're expecting something. And sometimes the direction is, Trey, it's plain as day. You need to deal with this child who's having this problem in this moment. Don't be looking for anything else. Take care of that. That may be it. But I I just, if you aren't doing that as a parent, if you're not asking God to speak, if you're not taking at least, you know, 10, 5, 10 minutes, you know, in the morning and say, I'm going to stop for a second and just in quiet, listen, just read the gospel for the day. I mean, something. Ask for him to speak. If you don't hear anything, just... I did this trusting you, and then and then whenever you hear it, be willing to take a step in that direction. He'll honor that, even if it's wrong. Lord, if I'm doing the wrong thing or I'm headed the wrong way, I'm trusting that you'll redirect me. You know, I'm not—sometimes we are awful proud in ourselves about what, you know, we need, we're going to go do this or we're going to do that, when in reality, what we should say, I'm going to take that step because I think that's what God wants me to do, but I'm going to trust that if he redirects me somehow— that that redirection is him redirecting me. So if something gets in the way, then I'm supposed to move over here. But when you live a life like that and you can share it with your, with your kids and they can see that, then they can begin to try and you want them 
to say, I'm trying to figure out what God wants me to do. And more often than not, like you said, it's just that next small step. It's not like God reveals, here's the big picture. Yeah. Because you can, it's like if you you're talking to your kid, you can't, you can't tell your kids the big picture. Right. Just do this. If you just do that and are faithful in that, that's fine. So maybe just for the next 10 years, just be a faithful husband and raise your kids with your wife. I mean, it could be just that. But... I'm doing it because I know that's your, the revealed truth. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it has to be some big thing, it, and frequently it's not. It's being faithful to the little things that that allows you to recognize when the big things come, because they're going to come not many times in life. Most of life is mundane. Thank God, actually. I mean, most people, you know, they'll say they get bored, but in reality, we couldn't handle some of the bigger stuff. We don't have moments on the on the. Uh, on the ocean or mm-hmm. in the sea with the on the lake with the wind going, thank God. Most of it's okay. Here, t- take these fish over there and feed that group. Yeah. I mean, the, but what I'm trying to get at is we need to cultivate that. Ask God to help us with that. Surround us with people who could who we can talk so we can learn how are they working. But then we have to show that to our children. We have to say, I mean. Age appropriate, situation appropriate. Use the grace that God gives you as a parent to know whether it's you know you're not going to say like okay we're about to lose the house. I mean that, that may or may not be something you'd share with a child, but you might share. Hey, I'm a little confused about what I'm doing. So here in prayer, this is what I this is what I saw. This is why I think that these are some things. Just to show them you're trying to listen. This is the way I'm listening. I'm reading scripture. I'm maybe talking to a friend, maybe talking to a priest, trying to get some guidance. I am going to take the step that the next step that I know is consistent with that. And it's just this, and it may just be a little thing. And then I'm going to keep my eyes open and see what happens from there. And so, and like you said, it's not a, all the way, it, it, it's just for this moment. We'll just be faithful in the moment. And part of that faithfulness as a parent, I think, is to share that with your children. And the more you can open up and make yourself vulnerable and let them see appropriately, this is how I'm dealing with this. If you've well, had it, moments like that, share them. And it also, we got about four minutes left. Yeah. It also uh, shows them that it shows them a way that the scripture, the, the word of God, or the teachings of the church, if it's something from the you know, from the catechism that you're reading and talking about, you're showing them how it affects one, how it's supposed to affect one and change one's heart, one one's mind, and you're you're being a model of it, not just going in one ear and out the other, or, you know, just reflecting off of you, like, cause you're a, you're a dead, you know, a, a dead doorknob. Right. But you're, you're letting them see how it, it actually is living within you. And that is very important. It is very important. And the other thing that I think is important, which I talked, I said, I said, look, there's a lot of Christians, myself included, that, that will trust God. They'll say they trust God. And I believe that they do, and they'll do the good that's in front of them. I do think that a lot of people don't believe that God acts today in our lives, that that he will actually act, that he'll show up. <laughs> Lots of times, not because he's not doing it, but because we don't recognize him. We're not thanking him for the ways that he has intervened. Yeah. You know, but he's active in our lives. He's not some distant God that's out there that's kind of just, oh, yeah, I'll check on them later. I mean, he, he's living inside of us, and he is desiring that we spend the rest of our life with him in heaven. But while we're here, he's got a plan for our lives as well, and that he is acting in the circumstances and the people that we meet and whatever is going on in our life, he is acting. Right, and if I can just jump in, to, that's not just— you know, pablum or 
you know, nice thoughts. I mean, that's tied directly to Matthew 25, where Christ says, when you didn't feed the least, when you didn't see me and these ones who needed help, or when you did, you were either ignoring me or you were helping me. So he's saying, he's directly saying right there, I am in the people that you encounter that right. you live with. And that's that's how so that's most real. of your that's life that's how most of your life is. It's not that you're doing it for him, you're actually doing it to him. To him. Or you're not doing it to him. Right. Something that he in justice so deserves. You, you can take that to the bank. You can take it to the bank. And so all I hopefully this was helpful from the standpoint of trying uh, of trying to take just a piece of scripture and say how it impacted me the conversation and the way I shared it with the kids if you know do it your way that's just that's my way my kids are used to it they you know it's it's the way way. but how do it yeah do it your way we've got the between Billy Joel and Burger King man (laughs) (laughs) but let's try to keep it you know kind of loose in here but uh but anyway the the last thing I'll say is this is is I'll let's do because I think it reminds um Let's go to Matthew 14, 27. It says, but immediately he spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, have no fear. I think that y'all, that all of us need to listen to that. One of the best parts of that line is immediately. He's involved now, and he is saying to you and I, take heart, it is I, have no fear. Do not be afraid. But always remember... um, Pray, (laughs) parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. And he will. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.